This is the MS Show, the podcast for people with multiple sclerosis and their families who want information and inspiration. I'm Bron Webster. I've been living with MS for over 20 years. I'll be sharing with you tips, stories and ways to keep going with MS. Hi and welcome to today's episode. How can you stop feeling worthless when you live with MS? How can you find your purpose and priorities when you live with multiple sclerosis? It's pretty easy to feel worthless. And if you plan things, they can sometimes fail because MS gets in the way. I'm just going to put a little bracket in here because you can sometimes plan things and COVID lockdown gets in the way. And that's just something that we're getting used to. But when we wake up with intention, which involves understanding your priorities and knowing your purpose, it might be your life's purpose for this year or for today. It drives your philosophy and you come from a stronger starting point. I just want to make a, make you aware that today's episode leads on to episode number 42, which is all about what's the point in planning when you live with MS. So they, they're kind of related, but independent. As 2020 comes to an end, I think that there's a marked change in the air. 2020 has been unbelievably difficult, but we're about to head into a new year. And with the new year, people often talk of resolutions or intentions for the year. But living with, with MS, hearing other people talk like this can sometimes trigger unhappiness. It's pretty easy to feel worthless. Maybe you can't do what you want or what you planned Or you might think that if you do plan, then things might fail because MS gets in the way. And it takes real strength of character, knowing your purpose and knowing how that fits into each day, each month and every year. And once you know your purpose, this can really help you. Now, depending on your purpose, you might feel the need to make a plan to know your priorities and to have a route for your future all mapped out. I started out doing that. I had plans, I had goals, deadlines, I set myself challenges, but it rarely worked because MS fatigue or an MS relapse or being a mum or getting a virus or whatever it was, life with MS and being a mum typically just got in the way from time to time. So what I wanted to do was to talk you through some ways that you can make progress thinking about your priorities and your purpose. And it helps you to still make the most of things. And if you listen to the next episode as well, I'll then be moving on to how you can plan in a more realistic way with MS. So let's start off feeling worthy. If you're not sure about who you are and what you're contributing to the world or to your family or your partner, if your feelings about your personal worth have been changed since you've got your diagnosis of MS, or if you feel completely stuck because you don't yet know how your diagnosis might affect you, the first point is 
it's really important to realise that all of these worries, all of these concerns are completely normal. It's not that you're no longer worth anything. It's that things have changed. It's that you might not have yet recognised these changes. And you might not yet have recognised the new you. But what is it that actually makes you feel down on yourself? It could be that you're not achieving what you'd hoped. Or it might be that you're expecting too much of yourself. It can take a long time to slow down, to stop and consider these three questions. What am I feeling about my life? What do I feel about my future? Do I want to do something about this? Because feeling worthy is linked to our purpose. And do you know what your purpose is yet? Now, I'm going to spend a little bit of time because purpose and priorities can be mixed up. It can be a bit confusing. So let's just take a few minutes just to understand priorities before we start thinking about your purpose. So we're going to do an imaginary exercise. And this is to think about what are your priorities. Imagine there's a pie in front of you or a pizza or whatever circular thing you want it to be. In your mind, you're going to think about that being you. And now think about all the poles on you or the pressures around you. Think about these different categories. There are six different categories. And think about how you would divide up that circular pie or pizza. How would you divide it up to show the pieces depending on how much emphasis you are currently giving to each of these categories? Friends and family. Work and money. Charity and church. Discovery and adventure. Personal growth and learning. Healthy body and mind. And imagine that you're cutting that pizza pie into pieces, showing how much emphasis you're currently giving to each one of them. So the sections again, friends and family, work and money, charity and church, discovery and adventure, personal growth and learning, healthy body and mind. How much are you giving? How much do they each want of you? You've got six sections. So who or what is getting the biggest slice? What percentage is each person getting? Now, if you're not a particularly visual person, you might have struggled to do anything apart from a straightforward pizza division of cutting it into six equal pieces. So let's think about it in percentage terms. If everybody gets equal share, that would be 17% each. But we're not usually splitting ourselves into six equal portions. So think about what percentage you would give to each of those categories. Let's just spend a couple of minutes thinking about that. So friends and family, 
work and money, charity and church, discovery and adventure, personal growth and learning, healthy body and mind. You work out how you are currently being pulled or where you are currently placing emphasis at the moment. Now we're going to look at the same categories, but we're going to do it rather than what's actually happening. We're going to think about what's most important to you, not to anybody else, not to your husband, not to your girlfriend, not to your preschooler. What's most important to you? To do this, think about you've got a hundred individually wrapped sweets or Christmas chocolates or whatever it might be and you've got them to share out amongst six categories. You've got six bowls on the floor and each bowl is one of these six categories and you're going to put the sweets in the bowl according to importance. So you've got a hundred to divide up. How many sweets would you put into each bowl? How many do you want to put into each bowl? How many sweets have gone into your friends and family, your work and money, your charity and church, discovery and adventure, personal growth and learning, and healthy body and mind? This is what you want. This is what is most important to you. Now, when I did this, my wants came out as follows, because I think I did it on percentages and not on individually wrapped sweets. Friends and family, I gave 40 out of 100. Healthy body and mind, I gave 30. Charity, or in my case, giving back to the MS community, was 10. Discovery and adventure was 8. Growth and learning, 6. Work and money also, 6. But I wasn't splitting my time according to this. So the exercise that we've just done, it can almost suggest how much time we want to be dedicating to each category. But it's not that simple because based on our wakeful time, if I divided it up 16 hours a day when I'm awake, typically times seven days a week, it's 112 hours a week. And 40% going to my friends and family means I'd be spending 45 hours a week with my friends and family or six and a half hours a day. Whereas healthy body and mind came out at 34 hours a week. And I think that's just not realistic. So we can't apply these percentages as time. They are just about importance not time. Because charity, giving back to the MS community, 10% of my time, that's 11 hours a week. Well, I spend more time than that reading papers, reading articles, recording podcasts, writing blogs, etc. It's more than 11 hours a week. So it's this is not about the time spent. So remember, it's got nothing to do with time. It's about what's most important. So the right way 
to get to your priorities, not time. It's about the emphasis that you're placing on each thing when you're making decisions. If work and money got the biggest portion of your sweets in terms of how you wanted to share them out, that's suggesting that your ideal priority is to be the best carpenter or estate agent or lawyer or whatever your career is. You could say that somebody like Richard Branson or Elon Musk spend much of their time in this category, but I think they've got a bigger purpose behind what they're seen to be doing. So we're still thinking about priorities. If you gave most of your sweets to the friends and family category, that indicates that your desired priority is to be the best mum, the best dad, the best daughter, the best mate that you can be. Ask any stay-at-home mum what's their biggest priority, their ideal desired priority. Yes, some are going to say it's to be the best mum in the world, but others will feel really conflicted because they can feel there's a much bigger purpose elsewhere. If work and money are the most important, in the back of your mind, you also know that everything you do in the lower down percentages and categories is to help you to fulfil your most important priority. So if friends and family are most important, but you also need to have money, that's fine. In the back of your mind, you know that everything you do in the lowest categories is there to help you fulfil your biggest priority, your family, your friends. And over time, with age, with life changes, health issues, whatever comes your way, priorities will alter. On average, every person encounters a major life change every four years. Now, by life change, it's things like bereavement, marriage, birth, redundancy, a house move, divorce, health issues. And as our priorities change, so might our purpose. And it was after my cancer diagnosis in 2014 that my priorities altered and I redefined my purpose. So we've looked at our priorities, where we want to focus our time. But that now brings us on to our purpose, our meaning. And I think for most of us, good health and being able to make those choices that you want, they are the basis for a meaningful life. You might find meaning in working and earning a living, in your choices about recreation, leisure, and in controlling what your daily activities look like. But when we've been diagnosed with a life-changing illness, your sense of purpose gets a real jolt And your sense of meaning and purpose gets shattered. And how can you rebuild the sense that your life is still meaningful? Because you might feel that illness has taken away your ability to plan for the future. It's created a hole in your life. So by focusing on the present instead of the future, that might be one way to find new meaning. You might feel a little bit lost as you start to seek some clarity as to your purpose. Your meaning and purpose reflect your culture, your life experience and your nature. 
And although there's no one right way to change your life, to make it more purposeful, here are a few ideas of what you can look at. The first one is finding some meaning in the here and now, not looking to the future. Because when we're ill, we can lose that enjoyment of looking forwards to our future career and our next step. So if we can learn to focus on the present, then we might be able to find new meaning in what we're doing. So you can try things like focus on today's routines and getting on with whatever they are and finding whatever's good about now and feeling grateful for it and maybe adjusting those big things that you used to do to some smaller duties that can make you feel a new level of satisfaction. So that's the first area. The second is to look for meaning in relationships. So their relationships with your family, your friends, your spouse, your kids. And you can affirm this side of things by reminiscing together or talking about how the illness is changing what's going on in your life. The third area is you can find meaning in employment. What do you get back from your job? Does it enable you to share your purpose? And if money's not a priority, can you choose what to do that fits with what fulfills you, what's meaningful? The fourth area, some people can find amazing meaning in getting involved in some creative and artistic activities. So journaling or blogging or creating artworks, it can all help you. They can all help provide a way to express your thoughts or feelings about your illness that are difficult for you to say out loud. Back in 2009, when I was trying to come to terms with the fact I've been living with postnatal depression, after the birth of my daughter, I found that sitting and drawing my feelings was one of the only ways that I could find release. Another way that I did something was I used to more or less journal my feelings on an online in an online community when I'd had the cancer so that I could try to pick through what were the things that were inside me because it really helps find meaning. Another way is finding meaning in simple things like nature. So just deep breathing, fresh air, or going outside and feeling the wind on our face or the snow, just holding it in our hands, looking at the shapes that the clouds make, listening to birds singing. Just sit down, close your eyes and listen to all the sounds around you. For other people, they can find meaning in religion or spirituality. So it might be worth looking into a community that you could get involved with. There's a great payoff if you stop and practice some of these here and now activities, because the payoff is that you'll know that your life has value. You might find you're able to accept your situation and you're able to feel better about it. So I think it's really important to just stop 
and start thinking about what our lives mean. And now you're ready to define your purpose. We've talked about your priorities. We've talked about finding meaning in your life through a number of different ways. Now we're going to consider your purpose. So when you've pondered everything in the previous section, I want you to think about the following six questions. Number one, what do you really love in life? Two, what would you do with your life if you never needed to earn more money? What would you choose to do despite it being hard? That's number three. Number four, what did you love to do when you were young? Because actually your child brain can intuitively know. Number five, what makes you angry? What makes you so angry that you could get into an online argument about it? Because that is where the real passion is. And lastly, what do you want to be remembered for? So I worked out that I did not want to be remembered for the person who had the greenest grass on our road because that's where I felt I'd reached. So those six questions will help you to identify where is your passion. And you should now be feeling in a much better position to refine your purpose when you live with MS. If today's episode has been interesting, it's been thought provoking, if it's left you wanting more, there are two things you can do about it. Subscribe and listen to the next and future episodes. And secondly, tell me that you want more because this is just one of the elements I'll be exploring in my Action Takers membership club. And that's going to be launching in February to March 2021. So to tell me, you can click on a link that's in the show notes. Thanks so much for listening to today's MS show. Please subscribe, rate and review this podcast. And if you'd like to get more involved with the MS show, why not join our Facebook community? Just search Facebook for The MS Show. Come back soon for another dose of MS information and inspiration. You've been listening to The MS Show podcast.